Hello, everybody. My guest today is one of the most amazing athletes this world has ever seen, if not the best athlete. He's certainly striving to get towards that. Um, he's the first person to ever run the 100 meters under 10 seconds, the 200 meters under 20 seconds, the 300 meters, I think, under 31 or 32 seconds, and then the 400 meters under 44 seconds. On top of that, he's the world record holder in the 400 meter sprint with a time of 43.03, and his main goal going forward is to break that 43-second barrier. Despite all of this, he's one of the most amazing people to talk to. He's really inspiring. He has one of the most balanced mindsets I've seen in an athlete. He's got his head screwed on right. He's got his goals set out. He's got an unbelievable sense of discipline, and he's filled with gratitude. He's really giving back to, to his community and, and being helpful during this period of lockdown, and it was just an inspiring conversation. So without further ado... I introduce to you Wade Finney Cook. Just listen. It, I mean, once you once you find your purpose, something like a sacrifice is easy. So, and this is the start. So I normally just have a conversation and then it starts when it starts, if you know what I mean. Okay, cool. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, how uh, how's the lockdown been for you guys? Yeah, I think um, it's something that I kept telling myself from day one was something that the entire world is facing, something that uh, not just you and I are facing, it's something we all have to go through and it's a pandemic that hit the entire world. So for me to try and have a, a selfish or uh, a weighed outlook towards it would be quite silly. So from day one, I, was, I, I tried to have an open mind towards the pandemic and, and seek, seek uh, opportunities to help others. I mean, I'm in a very fortunate position. I'm in a position where I feel I'm blessed, I'm privileged. And... There's so much people with nothing and there's so much people out there that, that needs our help, that needs um, us to, to, I mean, help them with simple things like, like food and, and feeding them. And, and now with the winter heating so hard, how cold it is, I mean, I'm trying to be a helping hand. I'm trying to be uh, someone that can, can contribute in a positive way. Uh, that's why I try to get involved in, in quite a few charitable uh works and and so on and don't know if you've seen some of the things that that we've done with Sia uh, I think he's been doing amazing things and been a massive inspiration for for every one of us yeah of of what this pandemic can mean for us and what we can do during this opportunity and and somewhat create a a foundation that will stay you know what I mean something that will last forever not just during pandemics but will last for, for years to come where we can feed our people and, and look after our people. I mean, we've got a nation filled with a variety of, of, of greatness, if I could put it that way. Uh, if you can be an example of it, and I think I can also somewhat have somewhat of a testimony of the greatness that South Africa possesses. And, and this is an opportunity now for us to look after our people, and I'm using this as an inspiration to create a platform for myself as well so that I can give back to my community and give back to 
people of South Africa. Uh, and that's kind of how I've looked out onto the whole lockdown pandemic situation. And at the same time, stay focused on where I need to be uh, and my goals and, and, and what I'm working towards. So I think basically that's, that's where my heart and mind has been at during this time. It must be quite nice though, because with you being a professional sportsman, to the focus is always on yourself. It's always about your training and your fitness and your recovery. For, for you to have a bit of a break from that and just pay some attention to someone else, that must be quite nice. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. I mean, also not even being in a team sport, I mean, an individual sport. So that selfish mentality is something that is built onto you uh, within this last few years is what Wade needs. What, what I need to do to improve me physically, mentally, spiritually, however else. And, and I feel like if we don't look at that part of our lives, um, we, we might miss out on that, that holistic growth that you need as an individual and as a person that plays a role on and off the track. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, there's, there's some, some of this, the sports guys that we're looking at now, um, mentioning CI again, uh, looking at what Marcus, Marcus Rashford's done in England and um, a, lot of, a lot of the other sports people have done right around the, the world. I mean, it's example of, of who am I on and off the track. And that's the brand that I want to build for myself as well as an individual and as an athlete and as a sports person is what do I stand for on and off the track? So you know the beast and the the animal or the, the hardworking or uh, powerful athlete that you're working towards on the track, but you also need to uh, work on a character off the track that would res- resonate with people and that will uh, somewhat... Um, build a, a, a relationship with people off the track and, and I feel that's very important and this period helps I think a lot of us athletes to, to look at that and to consider that and who am I beyond track and field, who am I when there's no more sports, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's important for us to, to consider these things and, and try and uh, get that characteristics that you feel is important for you as a sportsman and for you as a person. Yeah, for sure. I think for a lot of people, this is a time where, where you can really reset and say, well, what, what am I doing in my life? What do I want to do with my life? Who am I, as you say, outside of my job or your career? And it's a time of reflection. And if there's anything positive that's come out of this thing, it's maybe firstly to allow people to reflect, but secondly, for people like us to see the other side of you, you guys as athletes, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah for sure i think um i mean the reality is that we all are human we all are people just like everyone else although there's somewhat of a responsibility that's come with what we've achieved and what we've accomplished in life uh which is something that i doubt any top sportsman takes lightly but at the same time we're human we also have dreams we also have goals we also have areas we'd like to secure we also have insecurities and we also have our flaws and it's 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 this time of life where where these things are highlighted where these things are 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 put out there for more than just you to see and 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 the question is now what do i do and what do we do as individuals and as people to to overcome that and to come out of it uh positive um something that i speak to my coach about a lot and something that um she's mentioned to me from day one 
is what is your foundation that you're going to put out in this and and something that she always emphasizes on every off season is what foundation are we putting in for the next year or two or three or four and this is a time where we need to put in into that foundation of what that what do you want way to be tomorrow the year after that the year after that and and it's very important for us as individuals and for me as well I've highlighted it for myself to see what is needed for me to be the best weight possible and what needs to be put into my foundation what positive uh, uh contributions is needed what uh, physical contribution contributions is needed and uh, that will make that holistic weight and the one that will that I'll feel proud of and the one that I'll uh feel happy with when it comes to me back on the track again and beyond that yeah so that was going to be my next question is as this period of time giving you some time to reflect on what maybe happens to wait after athletics and after your career yeah the the crazy thing is i mean it's i mean if you've been following my career now it's no secret that i've somewhat been in a lockdown for the last 2 years being injured so to me this is just continuing what i've been building on this last uh 2 years now uh had the the massive injury it took me about 2 years to start feeling normal again this is entering my third year now where i was hoping to to compete at a at a competitive level now and um i'm still sitting now going on to my third year uh hoping and waiting and just building that hunger towards competing again and i'm extremely hungry to compete again i'm extremely motivated to get back on the track but with that i had a lot of time to invest in areas and into opportunities that that will help me grow as a sportsman and as an athlete uh i've invested in a few properties i've been educating myself about properties um i've somewhat developed a a creative love for designing uh when it comes to properties and 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 and, and interior designing and so on and it's something that's that's interested me interest me a lot and also being able to find a way to continue marketing myself as a sports person and as an athlete um obviously you've seen that this last two years I've been very low key been very on the down low and now within this next two the with this next on to this third year of of not competing uh I I need to slowly but surely start showing what I've been working on and showing what uh where I want to go in life and and also uh create a a image that will last me for the next 10 years as an athlete and and as a sports person and then use that as a foundation to what what's in store for me beyond track and field do you feel there's a lot of pressure on you for for the return do you think there's a lot of expectation on you and then personally what type of pressure are you putting on yourself for that look the reality is whether you like it or not as a sports person there'll always be pressure whether you're trying to uh run away from it or avoid it or just trying to ignore that there's a pressure to being a professional sports person you you're going to be quite ignorant but the reality also is there's a pressure in everyday life for each and every one of us i mean uh for myself personally i'm probably my worst enemy when it comes to uh criticizing myself putting pressure on myself or expecting perfection from myself 
hard works and and so on and and i constantly reflect on uh where i'm going and if i'm doing the right things if i'm working hard enough or not and these things are highlighted on a continuous basis to me uh because of me i've always taken time to just sit back and see where i'm going and if i'm happy with where i'm going and uh it's it's now at a point where where you need to find the peace within every single chaos you're going through because if you're going to allow that to become a pressure a negative pressure it's going to become uh something that's going to throw you down so i'm trying to f- f- direct myself and my brand and me as a sports person into a, a place where when pressure comes it's one that's positive one that i can handle one that is part of the game i mean part of the sports there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of unexpected uh things and 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 for me i just want to make sure that i'm i'm directed in a way where i continue controlling my controllables and uh as you know i'm 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 a very faithful person a firm believer in the lord and so on and directing myself into uh where i where i am um spiritually and 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 where i guess god is leading me and where god wants me to go and i'm just trying to stay uh calm and 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 as uh vigilant as possible so that i take the right dis- or make the right decisions and take the right uh routes to to where i want to go in life and i mean that that's probably something that people beyond sports can can relate to uh with sports you i think it's a bit easier because you can say okay olympics is next year i'm working towards something but a lot of times people are working towards something that you need to have a lot of faith for and a lot of uh a visual uh somewhat of a dream where with me i know olympics is where i'm going to next year's diamond league next year is this next year is that and i've got somewhat of a set schedule that i can work around and i can fix my 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 vision onto and my goals onto and uh i mean it's it's something that i should see as a blessing not as a pressure uh something that i can work towards there's so much people that has so much talent and potential but they don't know where they want to take it so do you think being in the position you are the as you said the privileged and fortunate position you have a a sense of a responsibility to fulfill that in order to show those that don't have it that it can be done and and there is hope out there mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's something that i guess being one of the the kickoffs in track and field if i could put it that way or or beginning generation that kind of broke into this powerhouse sprinting image of track and field for south africa i mean we know that we had a lot of talented uh field uh athletes we had a lot of talented um long 800 meter athletes and there was now and then uh like the elia van sales the morne nachels the the hurdlers and so on um there was now and then guys that were were up in the top 10 uh if i could put it that that way or in the top range of of track and field athletes and now i've broke into uh the a category where it's somewhat the elite of the elite where you now are the best of the best you now competing for number 1 year in and year out and and this is something that i believe has opened up somewhat of a a door for a lot of south africans i mean that's why you see south africans breaking records left right and center right now 
and um, the same time we we seeing uh, individuals and and athletes believing now in breaking records, world records, not just South African records, and and I guess somewhat being. Uh, or, or taking that as a responsibility and not taking that lightly, it does give me a, give me a lot of motivation and hunger to continue doing this and to to be the one that set this example and the one that's taken it to the next level that that we we somewhat I can become out of reach and somewhat I can show more and more South Africans that we are and we can become the greatest in the world and we can become um, world record holders, a powerhouse nation, a first world country. Uh, simply just by doing me, you know what I mean? And I, I, I know that it's, it's a massive vision, but I mean, there's no growth in it if you, don't ha- if you don't speak like that for yourself, you don't put that out into your life and into your world. I mean, I'm not out here trying to be uh, speaking what I've achieved, uh, speaking it down because what I have put out there is something massive out there in the track and field world. If I'm going to speak about it, as if it's something light or something weak, then that's what my performance is going to be once I get back on the track. You know what I mean? So I need to stand firm in what I've put out there. You know what I mean? If I'm going to be talking about, oh, yeah, it's just the record or just see myself as as as, as not up there with the world's best and some, being one, somewhat ashamed of what I've achieved simply because I come from an unprivileged country or a country that, 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 doesn't have great in the in the international sprinting uh, uh, tier that was out there before. What I before I've been there uh, and put myself at a at a level where I know I shouldn't be mentally. Uh, it's not going to do me any justice. You know what I mean. And it's not going to do the next generation coming through any justice because they need to believe in where they want to go and and believe. Uh, where they're going and, and, and what greatness South Africans can possess and, and achieve. You know what I mean? We've got such great, great, uh, talented sports people and we need to stand firm in it. I mean, look at the rugby, look at the cricket. And I mean, we even have some greats in, in our football, uh, the likes of Stephen Pinar, Benny McCarthy and, and the greats before that. Uh, and if, us as South Africans don't jump onto that and hold onto the great examples that there's been, then we, we, we're not going to grow as a country and as, as individuals. And I feel like I need to put up that image for myself personally and also for those that, that see me as inspiration because I might not see myself as inspiration because I'm constantly working on something, but there might be that young, next young superstar coming through in the future and yeah, I'm taking what I'm doing very lightly. And I could have been such a great example or a foundation for a, 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 the next world record holder. And I'm trying my best to to be a good example and to be uh, the the most positive individual that I can be to help the next great South African in whichever sphere or goals or targets there for themselves. That mentality that you've just mentioned. So we often go into this trap where if you speak about your achievements or you proud of your achievements, you're scared to come across as arrogant or, or not humble or something. But what you've said now is you realize you have to own it in order to inspire the others and show them that 
you know, you can do this if you take it seriously. Is that mentality yeah. something you think you were born with or is that something you've, you've learned recently? Not at all. I mean, uh, I mean, you know it. We've, we somewhat grew up together in school and, and we've been associated for a few years in school. And confidence was something that I struggled with a lot. And I'm, I'm one of the first guys that would have, that would have associated a mentality like that with arrogance because it seems uh, boastful or it seems too much or it seems too, uh, uh, um, too above. But to be honest with you, that's how you need to think. This is just me putting out my mind out into it in, in an interview. You know what I mean? This is me just being transparent as I can be. But the fact is, you can't tell yourself I'm not good or I'm not worthy of something and expect a opposite uh, 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 reaction out of it. You know what I mean? You can't tell yourself I'm, I'm, I'm just good enough to make the finals, but you're expecting a gold medal. You know what I mean? You need yeah. to sell, tell yourself I'm a gold medalist. I'm worthy of breaking world records. I'm worthy of achieving great things. And like you've mentioned as well, um, is, is this something that I was born with? No, no, it wasn't because I went through a big stage of my life where I felt extremely ashamed of what I've achieved because my cousin doesn't have the same blessings as what I have. Even my parents doesn't have the same blessings that I have. And it, beca- and it becomes something where, where you somewhat hide away or hide behind all the greatness that you've achieved and and it, it won't do you any justice it will take it will just make you uh stay stagnant where you are and who you are and what you've achieved and if you want i mean what i've achieved is not something that any other person in the entire world has achieved so for me to be able to achieve greater than that i need to think beyond what I've ever thought I have to practice beyond what I've ever practiced. I have to work harder than I've ever worked. And to be able to put your mind in that position or put your body or your, your mentality into that position, you need to believe in something that nobody else believes in. You know what I mean? And being or having such a massive lack of confidence and still breaking the world record tells me that I still have so much room for improvement you know what i mean and and i've had two three years now to work on that and to improve that to come back stronger than i've ever been and to go out and break my record again and uh rewrite history in all three events that i want in that i want to improve in and the only way i can do that is through my mentality because physically i have that uh, abilities physically i have the strength i just need to believe in it yeah so often I see that someone that's good at a sport or has achieved something, as you said, they almost feel guilty for, for having that and guilty for achieving what they've achieved. Specifically coming out of, of our country and, and like you were saying, the situations you, you grew up in, do you think that's part of why so little of our talented athletes in either sport has, has really come up and not just made it to an international stage, but made it to be the best on that international stage? I think it's, I think that's a, a quite a, I wouldn't be able to answer that question properly because there's such a broad view to it, if I could put it that way. There's so much elements to becoming a professional sports person. I mean, opportunities play a big role, exposure plays a big role, uh, mentally, mental plays a big role, 
uh, physically plays a big role. There's so much areas that I probably haven't even mentioned now as well that plays a massive role in you becoming a professional sports person. I mean, if I had to run in South Africa for the rest of my life, or if I only had the opportunity to only run in South Africa my entire sporting career, do you think I would have reached the heights that I have? If I didn't get to expose myself to the likes of the Kirani James and LaShawn Merritt, do you think I would be able to push my body to that lim limit to be able to break a world record? You know what I mean? And that type of exposures are, are very important for the next generation in sports people and something that I also feel very passionate about getting our sports people exposed to that. I mean, most of our young kids only know South Africa. You know what I mean? They only know, I mean, a person from Cape Town would feel like Johannesburg is overseas to them. A person in Johannesburg will feel Bloemfontein is overseas to them. And that's the mentality we grow up in where uh, overseas actually means exposing yourself to the entire world, where the mentalities of South African kids today is a uh, Johannesburg is me. Uh, it's, I remember, uh, I think it was probably in, when I was in primary school, my first uh, national competition was in Bloemfontein. You won't understand how that inspired me. And, Today, Bloemfontein and Cape Town is nothing to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and if kids don't, if, if South African kids don't get exposed to stuff like that, then they would always be trapped in that little box, that box of what their society teaches them when there's actually a, a, a way bigger world out there to inspire us. And, and there's so much more elements to becoming a great sports person than anything else. I mean... If I use something as, as Cheslin Colby as an example, someone that, whose, whose journey I also feel very personally related to, if, there's pro if he had to stay at the Stormers for very long, you think that he'll be appreciated the way he is today as a, as a Springbok and as an as a international sports person because he was exposed to things that he wasn't exposed to over here because his example before that was Gio Aplon. And Gio Aplon never had those type of... Uh, 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 um, exposures, if I could put it that way, you know what I mean? And, and, and for a while he was, he was caught or trapped in that example that he has for himself, you know what I mean? So are we going to continue uh, trapping ourselves in that little box of uh, greatness is being the best in, in South Africa or are we going to try and expand our dreams out of our comfort zones to say, you know what, I want to be the greatest in the world? And that's something that uh, without me even trying, I, ha I had the opportunities to expose myself to that. And, and I see it as a God-given blessing because if I still had to be that young kid that just grew up in Cape Town and just went by life uh, as life should be taking me, I'll probably be sitting in an office somewhere and just being content with, with the life that God has given me. Meanwhile, I'm destined to be the greatest in the world at a specific uh, gift and talent. And it's so important for us to go and expo expose ourselves to more than just our comfort zones. There's an interesting study that's been done about um, when a country hosts the Olympic Games or hosts the World Cup, the knock-on yeah. effect it has 10, 12 years down the line because the kids in that, in that country at that stage are exposed to exactly what you're saying. 
a winning of a World Cup for so many international athletes coming to their hometowns. And they've done like the London games and, and I think Tokyo and those games, not Tokyo, 2008, yeah. I can't remember where it was. They did the study yeah. and they're interested to look at how many of the athletes from the host country in 2008 come through now in 2020 and win medals. And one of the examples yeah. they even used is the Springboks winning the World Cup in 2007 and then 12 years later again because the, the kids that were in a critical stage that time between the ages of 15 and 18 watched the Springboks win the World Cup. And those that's the same age group that are 27 to 30 now who played for South Africa in the 2019 World Cup. So it would be interesting to see with a group of sprinters that have come through now, yourself specifically, and then Akane, Sambine, and all these guys, Jobodwana, if there's a knock-on effect, seeing you guys perform so well on the world stage, if in 10, 12 years, we have another burst of exciting sprinters coming through. Yeah, for sure. And I think there is somewhat a lot of um, truth to that. I mean, that's why our rugby structure is as powerful as it is today. This is something that's been here since, uh, what, 1995, 1994. Even before that, we've had such a rich... Uh, culture of rugby and it's something that's been inspired from generation to generation and it's something that now every kid looks up and says you I mean even I at a stage thought I want to be a springbok one day um, and and probably could have been if I invested my time there and invested my opportunities there um, to be a springbok because that's kind of the culture that we have and that's the, the that's kind of where our strength strength lay as a as a as a country. And um my reality also is that if it wasn't for the likes of a Jobadwana being at the Olympic Games and, 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 and making the finals and, and meddling at these international uh, 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 in these international competitions, then I would have probably not also been sparked to say, you know what, if he can do it, I just ran against him a few months ago and I, I competed against him quite powerfully and I gave him a, a tough time these days where I beat him, these days where he beat me. And if he didn't show us by example that, hey, um, we can be in the finals, we can medal, I probably wouldn't then have envisioned myself as a South African to say, in the sprinting race today, I can also compete against a Justin Gatlin. I can also compete against a Usain Bolt. I can also compete against a LaShawn Merritt, Kirani James. You, you can name all the great sports uh, or sprinters out there. If it wasn't for them showing us by example that we can be next to these greats, then we'd probably not have broken, or I probably wouldn't have broken the, the barriers that I have. Uh, and, and I will always respect and honor those great uh, sports people that, that came before me. You know what I mean? The guys that competed against the Maurice Greens, the, uh, uh, these are guys that inspired us as, as, as young kids uh, just looking at sports and watching sports. And I mean, even thinking now of football, how much I enjoy watching football and love watching football today. If it wasn't for the Ronaldinho's or the, the Brazilians back then that I admired a lot, I would probably not appreciate watching or supporting or associating myself with football the way I am right now. So these great sporting moments and events plays a big role. I'm thinking back to 2014 and 15. I would probably, there would probably be days where our heats and semifinals would become one because there wasn't enough people uh, to, to fill up uh, lanes. 
And right after I broke the world record, uh, I had to wait for Yeats semifinals and finals. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that, that all happened in our country. And it's, it's, a, it's a ripple effect of what we're going through. And I mean, those type of things will then up the quality of sports people that, 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 that come through in our system because now the competition is higher right here at home. Yeah. I want to backtrack just a little bit um, and just chat about your, your upbringing. So I know you grew up in Cape Town and then you went to Bloom. Um, how much of your upbringing do you think played a role in the mentality you have today? I could say it's maybe that's why I become a, became an individual sport person. I don't know. Uh, I don't dwell on it that much, but uh, we moved a lot. Uh, we in Cape Town. I probably moved twice. Then um, we moved to Johannesburg. Uh, I mean, not Johannesburg to Bloom. Then from Bloom, we moved to Johannesburg. From Johannesburg, I moved back back to Bloom. And I think this time of my life was probably the the most constant, if I could put it that way. Where I can say now I've been living in Bloom for so much years. Uh, but before that, you move around a lot, so you obviously become a bit of a loner you become a bit of of a someone that just uh thinks of what me like i think that's why when we spoke about it earlier as well um your mentality is what is needed to be done to make sure that weight becomes successful but uh for because of a long time you had to be alone it's just myself my parents and my siblings you know what i mean and 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 I think we all kind of separated with ages and so on. So you never had someone the same age as you that goes through struggles with you, that goes through challenges with you and so on. So a lot of things you had to do on your own. And um, I think that's why I've done so well. Maybe, I don't know, I have to speak to a psychologist, but maybe that's why I've been doing so well in an individual sport because I've somewhat uh, practiced for years and years and years since a young kid, what needs to be done to make sure that weight gets through this? You know what I mean? And I guess it could be that my, my childhood, but also when you speak about childhood, you have to consider your, your genes, your family, where you come from. And that's something that I also consider all the time. And if I think of track and field and the, the sporting blessings that my family have, then yes, it was probably a sign that I would have been a great sports person or a great athlete uh, if I look at the amazing gifts and talents that my family has. Talent is obviously critical, especially in something like sprinting. You know, I can practice sprinting as much as I want. I'll never become as fast as you, or maybe we never know. But um, what else is it? Because you've, um, you've obviously said now your genes have, have shown that you probably would have become a successful sports person, but there must be more to it. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you is what is, what do you consider some of the contributors to your success apart from the hard work and the talent? What else is there or has happened that it contributes, contributed to your success? Yeah, it's, it's difficult, but I think first of all, um, God, the fact that he just blessed me with such an amazing gift and, and such an amazing, uh, talent and then also uh my associations uh the people i was around the people i was i was directly uh i associated with which would for a long time like i mentioned was my family so from my biggest 
uh, I know that my, from my biggest inspirations would probably be my stepdad. Uh, he's someone that I had to uh, communicate with all the time, someone that I had to learn from all the time. And he, he had a big love for track and field. And then secondly would probably be my mom, which uh, obviously was more of a, a mom and son relationship. So when, when I grew up and, and started achieving uh, great things and, it, and, 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 and so on, uh, I think back to the contributions that they've had. And then also, I guess, having a younger brother that was so competitive and so uh, had so much potential and talent uh, kept me on my feet, you know what I mean? Kept me wanting to, to, to keep my standard high and so on. And then on, onto that, I had uh, more siblings coming through that also was very gifted and also very uh, talented and so on. So my standard had to stay high at all times, you know what I mean? So that competitiveness within my family alone was something that, that, that kept me going. And then also, I guess, with their guidance and with their support and just their presence during this last or during the, the years of me breaking through and also where it's taken me today and where we are at today, if it wasn't for their presence and their support, uh, I feel like, which is also a very important factor to, I believe, where I am today. And then, like I mentioned earlier as well, uh, at a young age, being able to be exposed to all sorts of things. I mean, it started off to me traveling to Bloemfontein to actually end up moving to Bloemfontein, traveling to Johannesburg, traveling to all sorts of different uh, provinces in the country. And then from there, my first, from my first, inter or actually my first international competition in 2010 was in Canada. And, and getting a, 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 a fourth place, just, just losing out, by a few splits on a, a, a bronze medal, uh, sparking more inspiration in my life and sparking more um, um, hunger to, to my sports and where I want to be. And then, I mean, even something as silly as being, or I wouldn't even call it silly, but something as powerful as being associated to, associated to Great College. Uh, I know we've got that in common. Um, if we look at the sports people that came out of that uh, school alone, uh, and even the, the great sports people that we were in classes with, if, if you think back to, I mean, all these great guys that's playing now for Cheetahs, playing all over the world, uh, it's massive. And if you don't take those opportunities and, uh, I guess, um, grasp the reality of being associated to all these uh, things, then you might miss out on it. You know what I mean? There's, there's guys that we know that didn't reach their potential simply because of their, uh, taking the, the opportunities back then for granted. But I'm glad that I'm one of those that, that was patient enough to, 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 to look after this God-given gift. I mean, in school, I identified that I was good enough with sports and look where it's brought me today. So talking about school, you were one of the quiet boys in school, one of the quieter guys in the class, uh, very unassuming, uh, very unopinionated at the time. And very few people ever knew at what level your athletics actually was because you never spoke about it. And it was never a big thing. Even going to Canada, I have to think back carefully if I even remember that you were there during school. Um, yeah. when, did that, when did you start believing that, 
um, you know, I can, I can not only just win South African things, but I can actually, you know, when did that comfort, that confidence come to you? Mm-hmm. I think that final two years of school uh, was definitely a big, a big uh, factor in me believing that. Um, that's when, when, when I, I broke through into the international stage as well. Um, I know that in 2010 was, was the year that I, I, I just missed out on the international medal and the year right after that I won the, the, the South African Senior Championships as a junior. And back then, it was something that's never been done before. And it was quite, it was quality, quality athletes back then. Uh, I wouldn't say best in the world, but I mean, they were up there competing against the best in the world. And um, being able to, to, to comp- or beat them that, that the year 2011 really sparked a big confidence in me. It sparked a big uh, kind of seal the deal type of emotion within me to say, you know what, this is my gift. This is where I'm going. Uh, and this is what I'm going to focus in. I mean, being in great college, you know that rugby is something that we all wanted to do. Want, we're hoping to to be the next big springbok or whatever else. And, and, and here I am busy competing against uh, guys that are, are competing internationally and I'm beating them. And, and I'm only a junior and that's when I realized that hey you've got something here you've got uh, a gift you got a talent and or what you're gonna do with it you know what I mean and and that's when I guess I started trying to make moves and trying to make uh, choices that will that will get me focused on this and I think Bloom also played a massive role in me focusing on on where I want to go and, and what I want to achieve I mean as you know it's a very small city everything is 20 minutes away so you can stay focused on where you want to go and what you want to do without being distracted by all sorts of other things you know what i mean and and i think i think it was a big uh contribution to where i am today so given the fact that you already won that the sa champs seniors champs when you were in what was it grade 11 or matric yeah, Did that yeah. make the sacrifices you had to make for your career a lot easier? Giving up things like rugby, maybe giving up time with friends. Is it because you knew from an early age that this is something great? This is something bigger than just uh, the next big essay star? Yeah. I, I, I guess, it, I mean, once you, once you find your purpose, something like a sacrifice is easy. Once you find a gift or, or something that you love, you don't see it as sacrifices anymore. You just see it as it's part of the game and where I'm going. You know what I mean? Uh, I, one, one thing I can tell you is that uh, when you're in school, make sure that you uh, do everything. I know I try and say this to the youngsters a lot. Do everything. Do whatever it takes to release every single desire that you have. Because once you start specializing, you should specialize. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's something that I did not totally have. Growing up, uh, I loved sports. I love rugby. I love football. I love all sorts of sports. So when I became a professional football, I mean, track <laughs> and uh, field athlete, I wanted to still do football. I still wanted to play rugby. I still wanted to play touches with friends and stuff like that, which was not healthy for me as a as a as a sports person. And now I had to sit out two years playing something that was far off from from what I've 
conditioned my body for each and every day. And, and that's why I think when you come to school and stuff like that, it's very important for you to do whatever you want, go wherever you want to go. Because when it comes to something like I'm now an adult and I now need to focus on where I want to go, you know that you've enjoyed yourself with all sorts of other things. I know this is a, a, a sports example, uh, but I'm sure you can apply it to life. You know what I mean? And it's something that, that I guess I had to learn years after, but it's something that now, uh, not still being young enough to compete for another few more years, that I, I, I don't want to take for granted for the upcoming uh, few years that I still have uh, in track and field. Can we move on on that note to your your injury? Because you mentioned sitting out now two years because of something that happened so quickly. Just talk yeah. me through, firstly, just the injury itself. What exactly happened? And then how have you gone into recovery since then? Yeah. Well, um, as you know, it's no secret that I went out and played a touch rugby a charity match. Um, and like I've mentioned also earlier, coming off of four years of world championships, uh, Olympic Games, world championships again, um, and, and Diamond Leagues, and week in and week out of high-quality competition, it was probably not a wise decision to go and do that after so much years of just hard work and hard uh, training and so on. And also, as you would know, my body was far from being uh, conditioned to go play a, a charity touch rugby match. I am designed and I am uh, 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 trained to the, do the, the straight running thing. You know what I mean? So I, then I just came through one, one day, did movements that my body has not trained for, that my body is not conditioned for, and that led to me being injured and uh, led to me... Uh, being in this position where I am right now, away I'm, I'm I'm fighting a comeback, coming back stronger and feeling stronger, and and having to go through uh, a life-changing uh, period a period of my life, which is which I I'm not taking for granted, obviously, because there's so much that I can learn from this now. There's so much that I can achieve from this now. So for me now, it's all about uh, using this second chance to the best of my ability and uh, <clears throat> I guess for you wanting to obviously go into deeper detail on on the injury and so on um, ACL so you know ACL works which is 12 12 months before you feel safe to go back into sports and so on and it it, it, it was definitely a roller coaster I mean uh, the first year was okay because it was Commonwealth Games and it's not one of the major, major competitions for us as, as, as track and field athletes. So I could put that aside. But then when it came, started coming to the major competitions like World Championships and I, and I ended up missing that as well. And then Olympics creeping up this year towards us. I wanted to be ready for it. I wanted to be 110% ready for it. And then that obviously, unfortunately, did not happen again. And now I'm working towards the next one and the next one and the next one. But I've came to a point now where it's no longer about waiting for Olympics or waiting for world championships, but uh, when I get the opportunity, I'm about to achieve what I've been working for. So even if it has to be any random meeting anywhere in the world, me breaking my world record is what I'm working towards and that's where I want to achieve it uh, in, at, against the best in the world. So whenever I have that opportunity again, I need to make sure that I'm 
hundred percent ready for it. The the ACL tear when you you said twelve months and that's generally what what the advice is. Obviously, you've been to some of the best doctors worldwide. But why do you think we see with with rugby players tearing ACLs coming back after six to eight months, and and then why did you take a year and a half, two years to recover fully? I think like for for rugby players, um, after six months, after six to nine months, that's when they return to sports. You can still hide behind a few guys. You can still uh, stay behind a few guys and just like yo have my back. I'm not feeling hundred percent yet, coach. I'm not hundred percent fit yet. Uh, please, can I have this percentage of responsibilities? Because, I mean, that's why we also see a lot of uh, athletes or, or rugby players continuously hurting themselves because yeah. they'll come back after six months and then go fully out again for it. And then they've all of a sudden hurt a quad or hurt a hip or hurt something else. And 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 I guess that's the, the demand of... of of a of a rugby or the rugby expectations from from the guys and with me, I can't hide behind anyone. If the gun goes, the fastest man wins, and I think maybe that's why mine has taken a bit longer and and taken a bit more time. Um, I mean, last year within that six to nine months, I did show signs of that speed again but I was no, no way close to what I know I should be at. So I could have probably competed against a few guys in South Africa, but as soon as you had to put me now into the big leagues when, where I'm expected to run a 43, I'd probably end up taking a hamstring or taking a quad or a hip or something. And, and, and we had to gradually uh, be wise about it and smart about it, saying this is the steps that we need to take to get to where we want to be. The the injury happened. What year was that? Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand eighteen. Seven seventeen, I think. Just so the end of two thousand. Yeah. End of twenty seventeen. So then you you kind of gradually go through the operation. Um, you start the rehab. How long into that process did you actually start running again? <laughs> Look, we've from day one. Uh, there's there was uh, attempts to get myself back walking, then cycling, then uh, jogging, and then running. You know what I mean? So from day one, our motive was to obviously get back running, but there's principles and there's, I guess, um, steps that you need to respect. So I know within two months, I had to challenge myself for not even two months, a few weeks. I had to challenge myself to go without crutches. You know what I mean? And then from there, I had to see how far I can walk. There was a stage where I struggled walking 100 meters and I was like, wow, like I need to be ready for a 400 meters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had to shift my mind. I had to shift my mentality. I had to shift everything to, towards uh, running again. So we took baby steps. We definitely took our time, but within a few months, we, we always tried to introduce a bit of running and introduce what the body is used to because that's where you want to be at. But as you know, uh, things like uh, a meniscus tear takes its own time to heal. Things like um, a, a, your leg extension 
is something you don't want to force, but you also need to constantly practice it because you don't want to have your leg locked and go for a re-up or whatever else. So these were things that I constantly had to consider when walking, when running, when so on. So I think, thankfully for me, it was something that I wasn't pressured into, but it was something that was a goal each and every day for us. You know what I mean? So we listened to my body. I know I don't have the exact times and dates right now, but I know that we've listened to my body since they want to see, okay, your body's now ready for the next step. Your body's now ready for the next step. And I think that's worked quite well for me because, I mean, this year when I when I finally, ha- I mean, even last year I had signs of it. But this year, I could say when I finally had the opportunity to run uh, the way I wanted to run, I ran a 10, 10 and a 20.3. And that's what most or what every other top athlete opens up with. So it definitely gave me a lot of confidence and it gave me a lot of motivation towards what the year had in store for me. But obviously then the pandemic happened and we had to reset our entire structures and everything. So it's basically starting from scratch again, which is not easy, but it was, it's something that we had to work on. And can you talk a little bit about some of the, the mental or psychological things you, you went through dealing with this injury and the pressures of returning and and just the, the yeah. failures and the setback. Yeah, I think uh, I mentioned it earlier as well. Um, was for me to try and find that peace within this entire chaos. And and that's where my spiritual side, I had to dig into a lot because um, obviously with an injury comes a lot of chaos, comes a lot of fear, comes a lot of doubt, comes a lot of questions, comes a lot of negativity. And... I had to find a peace. And for me, that peace was my hard work. For me, that peace was uh, meditating in the Lord, meditating in the word. Uh, for me, that peace was my controllable, what I am gifted with, what I can do, what I'm capable of. Uh, I know that I've, I've achieved what I've achieved today, not even putting in the hard work that I am right now. So that gave me a lot of motivation and it gave me a lot of uh, uh kind of a a, a confidence booster to say that, hey, before the injury you won, you were going through this with pure talent and gift. And now you have the opportunity to work for what you want and where you want to be. So so I think moments like that and, 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 and periods like that, working through stuff like that, it creates a total different animal. I mean, even I can feel it now when I make decisions for myself, when... I go towards something and when I commit towards something, it's, it's, it's serious. It's I'm, I'm, I'm committing to something proper and, and it's something that I don't take lightly. And I think this injury, I guess, has been a blessing, which obviously all of us wish that it, uh, that blessing can come without the difficulties, but a lot of time difficulties comes our way and that's when we learn. So can we expect to see you back better than you've ever been? I believe so. I mean, my, my dreams and my goals is to improve every single area of me uh, as a track uh, athlete. Um, I've mentioned breaking my record again, and um, I've, I've, I've meditated on wanting to break my record again. That's all I work on. That's all I put effort in. I mean, I invest in me to be able to break that record again, and that's the only thing that I've fixed my, my mind on and, and my heart. 
And um, do you use any, any mental skills to, to chase those dreams? I know you've mentioned setting goals quite often. What other type of mental skills like visualization and imagination? And you've, you've mentioned meditating on the word of the yeah. Lord and things. What other med- mental skills do you use on a daily basis? I think, I guess it's, it's, it's in the moment type of things uh, through experience, obviously a lot of things come up. So it's, it's all about, I'm someone who's, who's very quick to adjust to my circumstance or to, to uh, uh, adjust my mentality or my mind towards what I'm currently facing. And, and, and that's something that helped me a lot. I don't know if it's, if it could have, be a mental skill or whatever else, but um, that's helped me a lot. And obviously you do, I do take time to see uh, someone to communicate uh, with the psychologist mentally and so on, which I feel is very important uh, for us. But I feel the word has definitely been a powerful source for me because even when I speak to a psychologist, that's what we draw towards. That's what I, that's what gets me going. I mean, the Bible has been something that's only been good to me and it's something that's only given me uh, great feedbacks, motivate, motivating feedbacks and so on. Uh, you just have to interpret it in the right way and educate yourself and research yourself proper. And I think that helped a lot. I mean, I'd love to beat around the bush and give you some uh, wow factor type of answer, but the word has been my my strength and it's been my uh area of strength which brought me out of so much difficulties and mentally took taken me out of so much dark places and uh i'd be i wouldn't be doing it justice to try and find any other sort of miraculous wow factor pointer if i could put it that way i feel the word has been that for me I think that is a wow factor. It's it's not an answer, you know, I get very often. And what it seems to me is that you're really embodying the the mind, the spirit and the body. You're working harder than ever on your body and on your fitness and your 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 skill set, but you're also working with a psychologist on the mindset and spiritually with yeah. with you and the Lord. So it's quite special. Thanks, man. Can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the pressures that you deal with in sport? Um, obviously, running in front of a crowd is a massive pressure. Uh, the expectations are pressure. But are there other things that we don't know about? Maybe pressures from sponsors or, or expectations and things? Look, I've, I must admit, I've been very uh, blessed with, with, with the correct, correct associations. Like... From the moment I got hurt, I've been I've been uh, supported. I've been positively uh, encouraged on a on a on a regular basis when it came to to sponsors and stuff like that. Um, my biggest my biggest pressure was definitely myself. I, I'm the one that has to wake up every day to get a job done, and when I did not get that job done the way I would have loved to, I probably criticized myself the hardest because I'm very aware of what's going on around me. I'm very aware of, 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 of situations around me. So when these things are highlighted, 
I'm very sensitive to it. And, and I become very critical towards where I want to go and what I want to achieve. So I feel my biggest challenge and my biggest critic was myself. Um, it's something that, that till today you have to work on. It's something that uh, I guess a lot of us struggle with. Uh, but it's something that if you don't have it, I guess you probably won't grow because you need to be accountable to something. And if you're not accountable to yourself, then where are you going in life? So you just mentioned that you need to grow and it sounds like you've got an exceptionally big focus on the growth mindset. Can you talk about how important that is? Maybe a young person is listening to this and uh, to them, it's all about being the best right now at the age of 10 or 12. Just speak uh -huh. a bit about a growth mindset and how that's helped you succeed. Yeah. Look, being a sports person, uh, you might socially achieve something amazing, but let's be honest, you've never, or I have never reached the point where I say, I don't see room for improvement. I don't see how I can do better in this place or that place. I mean, obviously, uh, it's more passion or motivation. So if I say, I feel like um, I have reached my point on reading a specific book. That's because that wasn't, that was probably not my passion to finish it or my motivation to finish it. But when it comes to something that you're gifted in or something that you're good at, you will always find an area or space where you know you've been lacking. Um, it, you, there, there is probably a possibility of you lying to yourself or trying to believe something that's not true. But the reality is, for me, I don't know if the next person can resonate with this, but for me personally, every year I feel like I haven't given it my best. But whenever I look back at it, I can see growth. You know what I mean? So if you're growing and you know that you haven't given your 100% yet, then obviously there is room for more improvement. There is room for better. There is room for, 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 for growth. And I feel it's very important for you to be aware of that and to, to take that seriously and not take it lightly and just make sure that you invest in the right places to improve that. I mean, before I broke the world record, I thought to myself, wow, like, did I really break a record? And I basically just started off my career. And uh, if I look at the grades before me, all broke the records at a later stage or like later age, where now I'm reaching that area where all the grades have broke records. So does that not mean I have a lot of room for improvement? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's important for you to look at your environment and to look at yourself and to always uh, do that retrospection through who you are and what you are to see that, hey, I have room for improvement. You might think I've given it my all uh, physically, but mentally have you. Uh, is your friends the right ones that should be, you should be associated with? Uh, for me spiritually, have I went through the word enough? Uh, another emotional factor would be, are you having the right relationships with your friends and families? I mean, a lot of people think, no, the physical is the only thing. No, there's so much room for improvement in so much areas, you just need to find those important areas for yourself.
You know what I mean? Have I improved that? I mean, if your relationship with your dad is 100%, then obviously that would be a weight off your shoulders to improve yourself in a different area. And that comes back to the, the holistic viewpoint that you've been taking on, on getting better at everything you do. It's holistic. You want to be the best type of way you can be holistically, not just as an athlete, but as a person and in your relationships and your associations. So on top of that, I, w- I want you to just chat a bit about um, mentorship and who have been some of the mentors in your life and, and what role does mentorship play in, in someone like your life? Mm-hmm. Look, I would love to say person A and B, like I mentioned, my father, stepdad earlier. But the reality is that you meet so much great people in your life where you kind of steal a bit of attributes from. Uh, be it something simple like how you've greet, greeted someone or how you've thanked someone or an act of humility or act of kindness or act of respect or a quality of traits that uh, stood out for you in sports or a, a trait that stood out for you as an as a, a educator or as a mentor or whatever else. I feel like there's been so much people within my entire life that um, has contributed to who Wade is today and what I stand for and what I believe in. Uh, these are all attributes and, 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 and qualities that I've somewhat stolen from other people or others that I've been associated with and that's the reality of it. I mean, be it something cool like uh, you've seen someone that always just has a cool, relaxed, calm persona and you're really attracted to that. So you've decided to meditate on that for yourself. Or you've seen someone running quite fast and now you want to be the next fastest guy in the world. So you invest as much time as possible to make sure that I'm the next fastest man in the world. Um, There's so much attributes that contribute to who I am today. And it will be difficult to just highlight one individual. but that doesn't take away from the importance of your your relationships with your coach and um obviously your dad and your mom and things yeah 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 for sure i mean my family and friends are are, are always my first people that i throw towards and and the people that means the most to me so obviously that's been a big uh inspiration and motivational factor for me have you been able to to do any Proper training with your coach during lockdown or not really? Um, it, was, it was difficult until now, this last two or three uh, weeks when I started being able to uh, reach out to them in a more uh, personal way. Before that, it was obviously more uh, track and um, it was more um, video calls and Zooms and discussions over videos and stuff like that. Where now, obviously, I can have a more uh, interactive relationship with a day, working on my postures, working on uh, what needs to improve, working on my weaknesses and stuff like that, which which helps a lot. Um, obviously, during lockdown, uh, you might not feel good today, and then you're not you don't go through with a training session the way you should have or a rep has become difficult and you convince yourself during that difficult time that, hey, let's stop this rep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, 
yeah, I think uh, now is now it's 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 at a stage now again where I can get back to uh, working hard and, and and pushing through because uh, now I have something I guess to work towards. During lockdown, it was a bit difficult because you're very unsure on where we're going next, what's next, what's happening next. Should I train? Should I not train? You know what I mean. It it was it became very difficult, and and now that. I guess there's somewhat of a light or a little bit of a light. Uh, obviously, the pandemic is not close to being done yet, but there's a little bit of light of, 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 of inspiration or encouragement. Um, you now, again, have something to work towards. Can you talk a little bit about when you are setting up for a race on, on I want to say match day, but race day, you've got obviously quite a lot of time. A lot of times you run late in the evening. What is your your daily routine and then kind of your pre-race routine mentally that you, that you go through? Yeah. Um, I'm someone who does as little as possible uh, for the, let's say, the, the, the two days before a race. I, I do as little as possible, even if it means watching movies all day long, staying in bed, taking long baths, uh, listening to music on my own. Like, I'm really... I try and keep things as simple as possible to use as little as possible energy that I can so that when I get onto the track, it's just me giving my 100%. Uh, it's one of the things that my my coach and I struggled with a bit or tussled a bit because she would have wanted me to go do a bit of light run-throughs or strides or drills or whatever else. And I was like, nah, coach, uh, I feel happy. Just leave me and... But obviously, with time, I wanna over uh, seeing that I'm, that two days of 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 recovery or so on. But at the same time, I'm also very obedient to what she wants. If if she feels, uh, but I need to go loosen up. I needed to go do this. I needed to go do that uh, a day before the race or two days before the race. Then I'll obviously be obedient to that because she has reasons behind it or so on. But at the same time, we listen to each other on a continuous basis. But for me as an athlete or as a person, I keep it as minimal as possible. So it's breakfast, lunch and supper and in my room, in a closed room, dark room, just switching off, meditating on what I want. well, and, and sometimes even just trying to get my mind away from the fact that I have to race because I have... Uh, prior to the, the competition, let's say, period, put in all the hard work already. So I am fit enough to run. I am uh, strong enough to compete. Uh, mentally, I just need to keep my mind sane and calm and relaxed so that when I get into that environment of it's now time to compete and when the gun goes, you need to run, that uh, I am now switched on and fully aware of where I'm at. <clears throat> So where, where in that point do you start saying, well, I've got to start focusing on what I'm eating. I've got to start focusing on the amount of sleep I'm getting. Is that the two, three days before, or is that something you just kind of take in your stride and not focus on? Yeah, I think it's something that you need to focus on way before all of that. I mean, you don't want to come on, on D-Day and, and, and uh, shove everything in that last minute. So obviously nutrition was one of my weaknesses so it's something that i've gradually been working on from day one just improving it on a constant basis and so on so it becomes a lifestyle not just something that i need to sharpen up 
when it's the race time. You know what I mean? I've, I've seen a lot of athletes that, oh, uh, athletics is done now, let's drink ourselves insane. Uh, but it should be something that you practice on a daily basis. It should be something that uh, becomes part of your lifestyle, part of who you are. And I mean, a lot of athletes are obedient to that. It's, it's a lot of athletes can, can relate to the, the fact that we have our weaknesses, but we need to improve it on a daily basis. And before you know it, you're eating perfectly fine on a regular without you having to put yourself under pressure about it. So what, what does your diet look like? What type of nutrition do you take in? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a good supplement consumer. It makes me very um, paranoid. So I have distanced myself totally from uh, uh, any sorts of supplements and so on. But I think pure natural foods, I love just natural foods, be it fruits, uh, veggies. Just Obviously, it, my wife as well has been helping me now and educating me now on what foods, what those foods, different foods contain and what they uh, have and how it in, helps you and how it can help you recover, how it can help you uh, build something as muscle and how to, you know what I mean? Like natural yeah. foods, exactly the same things as in supplements you know what i mean so i just had to find ways to structure the meals that my body needs into my everyday breakfast lunch and supper uh, obviously you do get your cheat days i mean you're gonna crave a burger you're gonna crave kfc you're gonna crave whatever else but um as long as you stay true to where you're going and what you want to achieve and not make that a, a, a constant in your life, especially nutritionally. You can't, as a professional athlete, just eat McDonald's and KFC every day. You know what I mean? You need to know that priority would be eating healthy and consuming the correct things. And then from there, you can spoil yourself now and then with cheat days. And then obviously you can take that mindset straight into competition. You don't have to change a whole lot of things with your eating habits and stuff before you, you compete. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I think that's kind of the, the structure that I went with from day one, because it should become my everyday decisions and routines. On that note, cause you've just mentioned the word that was my next question. How important do you think having a routine is in the discipline for, for an athlete? Because looking at a whole bunch of people I've, I've interviewed, all the top, top athletes in their field, they're quite strict on, on their intrinsic yeah. motivation. There's something that pushes them from the inside to stick to their routines and stick to their discipline. Uh-huh. I think a routine becomes a, a natural or a constant in your life either way. You know what I mean? Like, uh, schedule the routine on obviously the training is this time eat this time uh, stretch this time do this this time that time that that um, these things become a bit, becomes a constant in our life because obviously you're accountable to a lot of other people's time and a lot of other people's um, expectations of you um, if I could use this lockdown as an example where you somewhat lose uh, track of your routine. But now we look at something like a normal day, everyday training. You need to 
be on the track a certain time because your training group is there, your coach is there, uh, and you need to eat a certain time because you don't want to be hungry during training. You need to uh, sleep a certain time because you don't want to be tired uh, for your first thing in the morning type of training session. And that's something that you can obviously adjust on the day-to-day, all depending on your the expectations of you. I mean, when, when I'm at home, uh, I would have to structure my day for an early morning. But when I'm in Europe, I can structure my day more freely because everything is focused on training and competi- competing. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> it is very much part of who we are and it comes natural to the game. And it's something that is a constant in what we do. I want to just shift gears a little bit and talk about, we've spoken a lot about the past and, and you as a person. What is, what is going forward? What is the next stuff, the next steps for you? Going forward for me, I think career-wise is breaking my record again. Uh, I definitely want to go sub-43. Uh, that's what I've been working on and, and where I've shifted all my focus on. But at the same time, I want to sharpen up my 100 and 200 to be up there with the world's best to compete against the greats in the world. Uh, personally, beyond that, I'm very attracted to property and so on. So I've been uh, searching or reaching or investing in, in, in properties and so on and educating myself on that. And I mean, I've got a lot of other dreams and, and aspirations as well, but I'm very much focused on, on track right now and where that can take me within this next 10 years. So when is your, with the lockdown, it's obviously difficult, but when is the next kind of event that you're going to be running in your next international event? And then, the build-up to, to Olympics, if it's going to happen next year, what is your, your kind of program looking like? Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, man. Um, also on that, I have training, like, supposed to have training soon, so I just need yeah. to prep for that. Sure. Uh, so, can close soon. But, um, yeah, sure. yeah, on, on the, the next competitions and so on, um, we have scheduled meetings now at the end of this year. I think after August and so on, but we all need to now wait and see when uh, we are allowed to leave the country and when it's most safe to leave the country and what are the expectations of us to safely move around and travel again. So um, we're all waiting for those confirmations and those uh, final uh, decisions and so on. And then from there, we'll, we'll take it from there. I mean, I've seen a few... European competitions going ahead already and I've heard of uh, some competition times and, and, and stuff already out there. So there is meetings going on. Um, it's really just now about us as South Africans to see when we are able and capable to travel again. Sure. I want to end off with a couple of questions that I like to ask all my guests. I know you've got to run. Time got a bit away from me. Sorry about that. Um, sure. The first one is, um, I think we've touched on this actually, is any daily practices you put in place to help you keep your discipline. So obviously something like meditation or prayer or stretching, just something you do every day that you, that you use as. as... Uh, I, I, try to, I try to touch on everything, uh, but not close to consistent in everything. You know what I mean? So... Um, a constant is to try and be consistent in the things that means or that is important to me. So uh, 
even if it is something as meditation uh, through the word. Uh, I, I, I mean, you've mentioned it. Meditation, I'm trying to get consistent. Uh, stretching, I'm trying to get consistent. Training, I'm trying to get consistent. Uh, investing in uh, educating myself, I'm trying to get consistent. So there's so much uh, factors in my life that I'm trying to get consistent but obviously not close to the yet, but trying to master them all. Cool. And right now, what would you say are the five most important things to you in your life? Five most important things for me in my life would be uh, love. So do I love the people around me? Do I love what I'm doing? Uh, is there love involved in what I'm doing and where I'm directing myself to? Secondly, would be obviously family family and friends uh and then when it comes to my faith would definitely be uh uh kindness humility respect um these are all things that that i try to uh apply to my day-to-day life um yeah i mean i can mention so much factors similar to the question before this that i try and make a constant in my life uh even if it comes to something like considering others um i mean these are things that keeps me going uh, that gets me ticking so yeah those are i don't know if i've hit five but uh those are qualities that i that attracts me yeah and then lastly are there any good books you've recently read or read in your life that you'd recommend to to people the last time i read a proper book was probably in school (laughs) (laughs) okay with books uh i'm i'm the type that i've i've, I've read a lot of introductions of books but i never get <laughs> okay cool so if there's anything else you want to you'd like to say maybe a message out there to the people of south africa otherwise we can end it off no man i'm um very basic very simple i mean uh if we touch on a few aspects that's very sensitive in south africa today would be uh gender based gender based violence and also uh uh discrimination on skin colors that which which we're all experiencing right now is really to just let's go, let's consider one another let's try and uh be human beings to one another consistent human beings to one another um and 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 let's let's love and protect let's not destroy uh something that uh I personally try and apply to my life. And I mean, I get asked a lot of questions on rivals, being a sports person, the rivals and uh, beating people and wanting to be the king of the jungle and wanting to be the best on the track and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, everyone is living a life. Everyone is working hard. Everyone is, is trying to improve their lives and trying to be the best that they can be. And who am I to want to break that next person down? So always consider one another let's empower one another and i especially as south africans let's have each other's backs i mean there's no use us breaking each other down you're just breaking yourself down and highlighting insecurities within you so uh, that's just me touching on the reality that we're living in today and yeah man uh one love and just always respect each other
Wade, thanks so much, man. You've been, you've been an inspiration before this and after this even more. So thanks for the work you're doing off the track at the moment and good luck with everything you're going through and, and for the season coming up and yeah, we're definitely going to be watching closely and yeah. Thanks again, man. I appreciate your time. Blessings. Take care. Cheers, brother. Go well.